Uh, we are doing Christmas hampers again. It's a little bit late, but that's sort of par for the course sometimes when we're working with other organizations. And uh, we are partnering with Living Word Temple uh, to provide hampers to families through a program called uh, Angel Tree Christmas. And we did this last year, and it's a program that works with Prison Fellowship uh, that uh, partners with local churches uh, to reach out to the children of prisoners uh, and their families with the love of Jesus. And so what we're doing here as a church, and this is where you can come in and be involved in, is that uh, if you feel led to give towards this ministry for this Christmas time, you can place your donation in the joy basket or uh, uh, just mark hampers on it, or you can come by and, and let uh, us know if you want to give via uh, credit card or somehow whatever is convenient for you. At the Welcome Center, you can actually do that with credit and debit. But uh, we're also going to be looking for volunteers to, to help us on Tuesday, December 18th. So it's not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, we're going to do a packing party. And then what we do is once we do that, we pray over it. And then we, um, Living Word Temple comes, they take it. And Pastor Paul and his whole, whole team go off and um, uh, begin to... Uh, uh, Pastor Paul and his, they deliver that. And it becomes an extension of, uh, of um, Living Word Temple. So it's a way that we can get into the community and help out in that way. So how are we doing up there in the, uh, the audio booth, uh, the video booth? Do we have, uh, can you get the game up and running and the pin number there? The name's ready to go. I just want to make sure we have it on screen first. And while they're trying to figure it out, that's all right. Um, you guys, we got it, good. So you'll start seeing names as you log in, you'll start seeing your names coming up, and as you're doing that, Christmas is known as the season to be jolly, and it can be a significant source of stress, we're well aware of that. It can have pressure, it can have conflict, if you haven't figured that out for many of us, and uh, some people can feel overwhelmed by the excess, by expectations, right, and exchange. Uh, some actually even become depressed during the holiday time and well that's just where we're at and a lack of time a lack of money credit card debt the pressures of giving can often contribute to all that stress during the holiday season most of us are aware of the adverse effects that stress can actually have on our body it can impact our thoughts our feelings our behaviors it can lead to high blood pressure it can lead to heart disease diabetes and obesity if we keep it unchecked, believe it or not. And uh, in fact, research has shown that there's, a, it, there's an increase in the occurrence of heart attacks and heart-related deaths during the festive season. So it's usually due to stress. It could also be alcohol consumption. It could be the fatty diet, or it could be a combination of all three. Therefore, it is of utmost importance that holiday stress is dealt with pronto. Now, the series that we're doing will hopefully give you some skills when it comes to surviving the Christmas holidays. The stresses that plague people at this time of the year are rooted in three basic sources, paying for it, and we looked at that last week. What are our priorities with our money? Um, uh, trying to get everything done in time. And the time that we're allotted is what we're going to be looking at this week. And uh, I was listening to the radio. Uh, I listen to the radio, okay? I listen to Spotify when I'm writing my message, but I listen to the radio when I'm in the car. I'm an old school FM guy, all right? 
And so, I'm talking about time. And so the first song that comes up by the band Sticks is what? Too much time on my hands. And then, I'm listening to the radio. And if I could put time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend it with you. Jim Crochet. Yeah, right. Now, I'm not done yet. So I'm listening. And Crochet, actually, he, he dies in a plane crash. In, it was a plane crash? I think, yeah, plane crash in Louisiana. He was only the age of 30 when he died. Uh, of course, there was another one. Um, with, it's the band with all the horns, and they asked the question... Does anybody know what time it is? Chicago, yeah. Okay, so see, there's some old schoolers here who resonate with me. Like, you know, my kids mock my rock and roll taste, but this is what it is. And then off to the epic album, The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Now we're talking, right? What's the song called? Time. Right, thank you. Time. Where the lyrics say, ticking away the moments that make up a dull day, you fritter and waste the hours in an offhand way. Or there's the chronic dance anthem by Cher. If I could turn back time. Right? <laughs> Woo! We are where we just, we all want to make it happen. And uh, of course, there's one of my favorites by Coldplay called clocks yes you are there and for you 80s junkier junkies cindy loppers time <laughs> yeah 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 time after time okay let's play some kahoot now you got your phones you ready to go you got your pin number in there we're still uploading some all right all right so gentlemen when you're ready plus start are you ready people here it comes. What do you stress eat during the holidays? This is a survey to help me. Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and thrap. Roast beast, sweets, or snowflakes. We'll see what you people are made up of here. Oh, everybody eats sweets. We got a few roast beasts people. I have a dog if you're interested. Um, okay, next one. What is your favorite drink during the holidays? Hmm, coffee, tea, beer, wine, spirits, hot chocolate, eggnog, or a cup of cold water? And here we go. Answer says, ooh, hot chocolate eggnog. Yeah, the seven percentage there, they need some counseling. You can phone in afterwards. We'll make it happen. Let's go to the next one. What's your favorite thing about the holidays? This is always good to know what's going on in people's lives. Nothing. I hate the holidays. Being with close friends and family, celebrating the true meaning of the season, getting the holiday bonus from work. Let's see where we are at with this. The answer is, wow, being with friends and family. We're a warm bunch, right? Except for the 2% on the far side. Let's go to the next one. Definitely needed to hear the message last week. What do you want for the holidays? 
nice, uh, just send monies, how about tens and twenties, to be with my family, even if they annoy me, to realize how fortunate I am, and to be so full of joy, I can feel my heart grow. Are you picking up on some of these catchphrases from the movies? Come on, like these are, I had to explain it to some people, so. And here we are, time is up. And wow, it's to be with family. Oh, so we are, even if they annoy you, good for you guys. That's, that's awesome. That's next week. We're going to talk about the annoying relationships next week. Okay, let's move on. We have, what is your favorite holiday song to rock out at work? All right, all right. Is it, baby, it's cold outside. Mary, did you know? How about White Christmas by Bing Crosby or A Mad Russian's Christmas? You know who does that? Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah! I don't play a lot of Christmas carols, but I do play Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I'll tell you that much. And, oh, baby, it's cold outside. That's great. Ouch. Ouch. Okay, let's move on before I get in more trouble. Uh, which of these sayings do you most identify with? Peace on earth, good words towards man. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. And you don't have to have $8,000, do you? I think our treasurers are going to probably pick the yellow one. That's probably how that one's going to go. So. <laughs> and the answers are 34. Peace on earth, good will towards man. That's awesome. Okay, now... These last three have some are interesting questions. Go ahead. Uh, let's move on. What traditional centerpiece food did Australia bring over from England? Was it a goose, nut roast, beef, or lamb? Let's see how educated we are. The answer is... Yeah, I'll just tell you, it's not lamb, it's goose. Ooh, so you goosers, you got it. All right, the next one. Why do people feel sleepy after Christmas lunch? All right, because of the turkey, you ate too much, you drank too much, too much excitement and stress. <laughs> I was looking at the roasted pepper and the... That beef there, and I was just getting hungry. Oh, oh, we backed. Oh, okay. Well, sorry, but the answer is all of it, and I didn't give you that chance. Which country do people celebrate Christmas Day with KFC? Portugal, Thailand, Japan, or South Africa? With KFC. Yes, you saw that right. The answer is you're correct, Japan. Yes, isn't that, isn't that fascinating stuff? So thank you. Thank you for your time and uh, having a little bit of fun and allowing... Oh, what? This? Oh, the original modern-day baubles. Where did they come from? Germany, France, Australia, or England? Where do bulbs, as we would call them, right? Where do the bulbs on our Christmas tree come from? The answer is, you are correct, Germany. There we go. So now you had a little bit of Christmas trivia. We've taken some time to relax. You don't have the stress, stress and pressure in front of you. And uh, 
again, at Christmas time, you know, we can sing that song, it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? But it's also that time where our stress goes through the roof. And somebody once said this, and I like it. It says, treasure every moment that you have. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today's a gift, and that's why it's called the present. Kind of cheesy, but makes a whole lot of sense. Now, we've heard the expression that time is money. Um, but it, actually, it's not true. It much, time is much more valuable than money. And uh, you can make more money, but we cannot generate or make more time. Uh, it may be hard to make more money, but it is actually something that we can do. It is totally impossible, though, for us to make more time. Time is more valuable than money. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, time is a resource that is non-renewable and non-transferable. You can't store it. You can't slow it up. You can't hold it up. You can't divide it up. You can't give it up. You can't hoard it up or save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. And when you kill time, remember, it has no resurrection. So what time is what time is, if I can put it that way. And like it or not, this is the time that we've been given. We've been given, it's been given by God to us and for us. So why would we want to wish or in some case waste it away? Or, you know, and I believe that God placed us here where he did for a reason. You are here in 2018 for a reason. And we're created for a purpose. And a purpose to play out our story, and it's acted out where we find ourselves today. And so every day we live, we have to understand, is a God-made, God-given day. Psalms 118, 24, it says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So if every second of every minute of every hour of every day, yesterday, today, tomorrow, is a gift of God, wouldn't wasting it away be the last thing that we should be doing? Oh, I don't waste time, Jerry. I just don't have enough to, to do what needs to be done. Ah! But this is what we do when you think about it. You know, don't you and I just wish that things would hurry up and, and arrive? Like Amazon Prime, they can't get here like this afternoon if I place my order this morning. Like, what's the matter with these guys? You know, when we were nine years old, we wanted to be 10. When we were 16, we wanted to be 19. When we, you know, we, until we, we wanted to get out of high school and go into the university. And after that, we wanted to get a job. We couldn't get a job quick enough because I haven't graduated yet, but I need to get a job. Never mind a job. I need to get married. I want to get married. I, never mind get married. I want to get retired. That's what I want to do. Forget about the marriage. We want to retire. And so we look in the mirror then, and we wonder, why have we rushed through life? You know, we wish and we waste away the most precious gift that God has given us, thinking it's not important enough to be present as the seconds, as the seconds, the minutes, the hours, the days, the years fly by. Because we want it all and we want it now. We do. And we get agitated when we're stuck in lineups, right? Whether it's the drive-through doesn't move fast enough or the microwave is too slow and everything has to happen right now. We, we all expect instant communication based on instant gratification. As somebody said in our life group last night, your phone goes off and you get that dopamine rush right away. Nobody waits for anything anymore. We want to know now. But the Bible tells us that God blesses, the, blesses those who wait. He says, 
that um, we're to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. But how many of us, when you think of it, are actually good at being still in our time-obsessed world? And time's a funny thing when you think about it. We, we know how important and how precious it is, but we don't seem to mind wasting it. It flies by or it drags by. It depends. It feels real, but it can actually be very hard to define. Webster's Dictionary says it's a non-spatial continuum in which events occur and apparently irreversible succession from the past through the present to the future. Or what Ben said, my buddy, don't squander time. It's the stuff that life is made out of. It just makes it nice and simple. And it's funny because when you talk to frustrated people, who are they fighting they're fighting the clock, right? And, and, and many frustrated people are living, fighting the clock, and it becomes habitual. It becomes their way of life. They stay up late, then they sleep as late as they can, right? You stay up too late, you sleep a whole lot longer, and then you're rushing frantically to school, to work. You gulp down your breakfast in the car, you're applying your makeup, or as I have seen, people shaving, using their razor at the light or whatever. Of course, we're talking on our cell phone. It doesn't matter that 300 people have been ticketed so far. It's still going on all at the same time. And yet, when we take a look at Scripture, and as I take the time to study Jesus' life, I'm amazed to see that Jesus is never in a hurry. He was doing the most important job in history. It's like redeeming the world. I'm not sure if you knew about that. But although he, he knew that he only had a few years to do it, basically, he never ran. We don't see in Scripture that Jesus was running. He made the time to consider the flowers. He knew the birds of the air. He had time to put his hands on the children and to bless them. Time, when you think about it, was actually Jesus' friend. And the Bible gives us some great insight how time become our friend as well, rather than our enemy. Because I think during this time of year, especially, it becomes our enemy. God's, God exists in the realm that is not bound by time or space. God doesn't wear a Rolex, he doesn't wear a Timex, right? He doesn't have a day timer, he is the creator of time. And he is greater than time. And so, in the first step in making time your friend and my friend is that, I have to say this, we have to immerse our life in God. He has to become number one. In Psalms chapter 90 we read this, it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you were brought forth uh, the whole world. From the everlasting to the everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to the dust, saying, return to the dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or a watch in the night. And then verse 10 says, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, and yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so by taking initiative and being intentional, especially during our Christmas season, we can be inspiring and wonderfully connecting. And so what we have to do is we have to determine ahead of time what unhealthy habits of Christmas you're going to have to let go this season. Now, you probably are going, I wish you would have said that a couple weeks ago. No, I think you still have time. Today we talk about time, and ironically, Advent's all about peace. Right? It's all about peace. 
Now, for those of you who trust in Jesus, peace is supposed to be what we're experiencing as a normal part of life. The Gospel of John, Jesus goes off and he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give this as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. So fear, interesting enough, fear always brings about stress. Fear of the unknown, right? Fear that you won't be able to get everything done right? That you need to get done on time. That's fear. That's stress. Jesus told the disciples about some of the things that would happen in the future to him um, uh, so that when they did happen, they shouldn't be afraid, but instead that they should experience peace. In John chapter 16, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So we see that Jesus is constantly pushing peace. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, we're going to have trouble But take heart, I have overcome the world. So the Lord wants us to live in peace. As believers, are we living in peace and not stress? He doesn't want us to worry about the future or what will happen about the things that we can't control. Worrying about those things leads to crazy stress in our lives. Matthew Matthew chapter 6, it says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink tomorrow, or about your body, or what you will wear. It's not light, is life, is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? How many of us, if we're to be honest, have been so stressed that you felt like if you just had a few more hours during the day, if I just had a few more hours during the week, I could get what I need done. I can just get it done. A few more hours to study for our test. A few more hours to finish that home renovation project. A few more hours to get things done, right, around the house. Like, how do we deal with that? And it seems that we, what we try to do is we try, when you think about it, we try to squeeze more hours into our day. Now, we can't really add another hour to the day. I've already outlined that. But instead of adding an extra hour a day, we take that hour from somewhere else. You know, we get up earlier. I don't need my six and a half hours. I'll go with five and a half hours. I will multitask, right? I'll check my email and my phone messages on my way to work. I'll return calls when I'm coming home from work. I'll do it all in the car. When we get home, we grab what? A fast food dinner. And with the family, we eat in the car so our kids can go to activities. You're tracking with me because I know. What do we do? We PVR our favorite TV show so that we can fast forward through the commercials, right? And we don't have to watch that full 30 minutes. We only get 22 minutes to make it work that way. We try to jump on the next day by checking our emails uh, before we go to bed so that we're not behind at work even though we feel like giving up. Now all these things aren't bad. But none of them seem to eliminate the stress and the feeling of that stress that we, we put on ourselves. And actually, some of them actually compound it so we find ourselves now tired We find ourselves irritable, short, not in stature, but in response, Uh, especially to those who we love, and we're still stressed out. We know something's not right, but many times we just don't know what to do about it, and we've actually have accepted this into our culture as the norm. And you think about it, wasn't all this high-tech gadgetry supposed to make our lives easier and we wouldn't have, and we were supposed to have more time to relax, right? 
Instead, we're expected to do more. We're, we're expected to have our stuff done faster. Why? Because it's at our fingertips. And we wonder, and sometimes we, we're left pulling out the hair out of our head, screaming, will it ever end? And uh, it won't, unless you and I actually begin to take some actions. So when I read the gospel accounts, I find it interesting that Jesus, who had the most important work in the whole world, in all of history, he was never stressed, other than the, his time in Gethsemane. He was never rushed. He was never hurrying. Each, when he stepped into this world, when he put on flesh, uh, he stepped into time. He had the same seven days each week. He had the same 24 hours a day. He had the same 60 minutes per hour that you and I have. And he accomplished what he had to do without the use of a car, without the use of email, without a cell phone, without hurrying, without rushing or stressing. Not only did he not rush, he accomplished what he came to do. There were times when he seemed to move slower than, than what people expected him to. When his friend Lazarus was sick, he was dying. You would think that using human wisdom, that the great physician, the great healer, the one who was able to heal all ailments, would have hurried to be to his friend. But interesting enough, Scripture says, John writes, he says, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. When we hear that our friends are sick, what do we do? We, we, we're there. We move. The fact is, is that God has given us all the time that we need to accomplish what we need to. The truth is, is that we don't need to add more hours to the day or even to do more in less time. But what we do need is to actually make some changes and choices if we're going to overcome some stress that we're feeling and live with the peace that Christ desires to give us. And this is my challenge to you today. I trust that when you walk out of here, you're going to be walking with your friends, you're going to be walking with family, you're going to have a conversation. Now, what are the changes and the choices that we need to make to free ourselves from the stresses that we're suffering due to the fact that we feel that we have too much to do with too little time? Especially during the Christmas season. And I think that the first thing that we need to do if we're going to be free from this stress is that you need to know your priorities. What are your priorities? Jesus knew the reason he was here and, uh, and he lived his life with the prior his priorities determined the things that he was going to do and, he did, and what he didn't do at very particular times. His purpose was to bring salvation into the world to make sure that people knew exactly how they could have salvation by believing in him and who he is and what he did. In John chapter 3, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He was here to bring salvation. And he communicated this to people through preaching through performing miracles, through healing people. But it's interesting to note that he didn't do one of these things to the exclusion of the others. I pointed out a little while, he stopped healing people in that one town because he needed to move on to fulfill his purpose. We read, that, we read that in Mark. His purpose was to provide salvation through his sacrifice, to share the good news with people. Healing was a major priority, but it was only... It only was used to help him with his purpose. And I think if we keep in our own lives our purpose, it helps us then to establish our priorities and helps us to make the choices that leads to less stress in your life. One of our purposes is to glorify God in this life. 
That purpose leads to, this, to some priorities in our life that each of us will have to evaluate as our priorities in sync with what God wants us to do. And our first priority should be our relationship with God. How is your relationship with God today? When Jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And I doubt that this new information is is new information for anyone, but when things get busy in life, the first thing that actually suffers is our relationship with God, right? 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 Thank you for those. Those who admitted with me will be going to heaven. I will guarantee that. It's, it's just the way it is. It's, it's, we, we put God to the back when everything else is going on. And so when we are experiencing time issues, we, we take away from our time of spending in God's word. We take away from our time in prayer, thinking that we, now I can get more done. And, and, and that's faulty thinking. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, I have so much business, I cannot get on without spending three hours daily in prayer. Like, wow. If we don't grow in our relationships with God, our other priorities are all going to get out of whack, and it leads to more stress, not less. And another thing that is a priority is our relationship with family. And that was one of the reasons why I had you guys fill out that kahoot. The family, especially our immediate family, is what God has ordained to be the building block of our societal order. So right in the very beginning, he said that man will leave his father and mother, he'll take a wife, they will have a family. Family has to be a priority for us. Now again, we'll talk about relationships next week, but Paul said in Timothy, he said, uh, when somebody doesn't care for their family, especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith, and then he's worse than an unbeliever. So that, you know, there's some stuff in Scripture that really makes us wrestle with. The last priority we should have, uh, or, or another priority, is work. You know, Jesus did the work of the Father, the work that the Father sent him to do in John chapter 5. Paul worked to support himself uh, in bringing, uh, in the beginning, until his full-time work became the work of the ministry. Paul also tells the church in Thessalonica that people should work. And he, he gave a rule. He says, if a man will not work, he will not eat. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. And so work needs to be a priority as well for us to help glorify the Lord. Work. And then, like I said, the final one would be uh, to serve. One of the last things that Jesus did was to wash the feet of his disciples. He served them. And he said, now that, I, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set an example for you to do this as I have done for you. And so for those of us who call ourselves Christians, I have to say this, serving others has to be a priority during any time of the year. Now, maybe you're saying, I don't, I don't have enough time for work. I, I don't have enough time for my family, let alone for God. You know, now you're talking about serving others. Like, idea out of your mind. You know, throwing those things into my schedule. You're just stressing me out more. I'll go ahead, chew your nails. I'm, all, I'm okay with that. But this is where things break down for people. And, and we have to recognize, in this world of crazy that we live in, we have to recognize what our purpose is and what the priorities that are going to help us fulfill our purpose and then make choices regarding how to manage those priorities. And this is where we need to do some planning. Now, there's an entire field called time management, which you're aware of. Every business in North America are bringing in consultants to, you know, consult their busy executives on how to better manage their time. 
An old book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, he writes, he says, time management is a misleading concept. You really can't manage time. You can't delay it. You can't speed it up, save it, lose it. No matter what you do, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. The challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. Now, realize that planning doesn't mean that we aren't flexible. But we have to have plans. It helps us to make choices ahead of time. Jesus recognized his purpose. He knew the priorities he had. And he had some plans that helped them manage those priorities. This helped him to decide what to do and when. For instance, when the people were looking for him, after he was healing many people, they wanted him to heal more people. But he knew that he needed to move on. We read that in Mark chapter 1 verse 38. In John chapter 4, we find that he planned to go back he planned to go back to Galilee and it said that he had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to per se, he could have gone around uh, as others did, but he chose to because he knew he had to talk with a specific woman at a well. He made plans to do some things and not to do others in according what was going to help him fulfill his mission to glorify God. And I think that's what we need to do as believers during this time. We need to stop. Can you say that word? Stop. Stop. Right, you're with me. Stop. We need to stop. We need to think. Think things through a bit. And sometimes don't let our circumstances dictate what we do. We, yes, we need to be flexible. I get that. But if we have our priorities set, we're going to have an easier time making wise choices. When we don't plan, we end up letting other people set our priorities and our schedules. And when we do that, the things that really aren't priorities, that that are supposed to help us fulfill our purpose, they start filling up our time. And then what happened is, because we can't say no, or we, we bow into things, or we cave in, we end up getting stressed out because we can't find the time to doing the things that are our priorities. Covey talks about a management expert that was teaching a seminar to ex executives. And I was going to try to get the illustration here. I thought, no, nah, I'm just going to read it. He placed a large, clear, open-mouthed jar in front of a group. So picture that with me in your mind. Next, he put seven or eight large rocks into the jar un uh, until it was full. And of course, uh, he asks his class, he says, is the jar full? And everybody nodded. Well, then he took out a bunch of pebbles. And he began to add pebbles to the jar, and he filled these up with small rocks until they reached the brim. And then he asked the question again to his class, is the jar full? By now, they, they didn't answer. And so what he does is he takes another thing out of his bag, and it's sand. And he begins to pour sand into this jar with big rocks, pebbles, and now sand goes in there. And again, he asks the question, is the jar full? And some people nodded. And now he keeps moving, and he proceeds to pull out something else out of his, his backpack of wonders, uh, wonderful tricks, and it's a pitcher of water. And he begins to pour water now into the jar. And... Uh, he looks up and he says, what's the lesson about time management? And hands shot up everybody around and says, no matter how busy you are, you can always fit more things into your schedule was the response. To which he said, you are wrong. The lesson is, unless you put big rocks in first, they will never fit in. And you must figure out what the big rocks are. So here's the question for you today, this morning. What are the big rocks in your life? What are your priorities in your life? If you don't put those big rocks in first, somebody else is going to fill up your jar. What are your priorities in your life? Think about that right now.
And if you know your purpose, if you know your priorities that will help you fulfill your purpose, then you can plan those priorities in your life and not let other people dictate your schedule. Other people wanted to dictate to Jesus his schedule and the things that he did, but he said no to some of those things. And, and at particular times, because in those instances, they were not helping him fulfill his purpose. And there are going to be times where we have to say no to one priority because it's interfering with other priorities. We may have to say no to work because you need to be with family. There will be times where we have to say no to more time with our family because we need to possibly serve others. There will be times where we need to spend time with the Lord and we have to say no to everything else. There are going to be times when we say no to people in regards that they, they may want us to do or to meet or whatever uh, because really when it comes down to it, it's not helpful in our purposes. And so to make those decisions, we need not uh, only need to plan, but we also got to keep our perspective. We just don't like saying no, especially in our culture. Matthew 6.33, at the end of the section, uh, Jesus is telling us not to worry, and then he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So when we keep our perspective and our focus on glorifying God, on seeking his kingdom and righteousness, it, it becomes easier for us to, to uh, uh, make choices in our lives, uh, and to actually attempt to limit the stress in allowing other things to take over where they don't belong. And this will help us to say no to even things that are uh, priorities in a normal work week. Now maybe uh, you may have to say no to some serving... Um, well, let me back up and say, you know, our work actually seeks to control us, does it not? You know, we have to do what our bosses say or we run the risk of losing our job. That's fair to say. That makes a whole lot of sense. You know, but we still in the same breath have to keep in the perspective that God is in control and that he'll provide uh, as we follow him. Do we believe that God is our provider? This doesn't mean that we don't work overtime or, or you know, put extra time in sometimes. It means that we don't let it be continual. At some point in time, maybe we have to say no. Maybe we've got to say to our boss, I can't stay tonight. And we don't even always have to explain ourselves. No can be a complete sentence in itself. A little harsh for our Canadian culture, but it is. It also means uh, that for some family activities, maybe we have to say no. I'll talk about that more next week. Or it means saying no to a serving opportunity. You know, I just can't do more. It may mean that you, you may need to serve more, right? Or it could be anything. We, what is our perspective? It, it helps us make those decisions. The situation where Jesus healed people all day the next morning, they needed to move on to preach elsewhere. Well, right before they found him, he's praying, right? He's, he's getting his perspective. He knows what he needs to do. And that's the example as believers that we got to take away from, especially during the hectic time. What is our priorities? What's number one? And as God is first in our life, are we praying? Are we reading? Are we keeping focus on him and catering to the most important priorities that he has placed in our will? You know, we, it's not going to help us um, if we focus our time. Like, we, our time gets swallowed up on some crazy stuff, right? Non-essentials like TV, Facebook, surfing the net. Um, other people's plans for us, usually spouses, just saying, throwing it out there. Um, 
It's like when we're keeping our perspective for the Lord, he's going to be able to make the right, help us make the right choices to a life that is free from stress and, and full of peace. If you don't manage your time, people, somebody else is going to manage for you. You know, if you can't save time or even waste time, you're going to spend it in somewhere. It's going to get invested. If you don't control your schedule, somebody's going to happily do it for you. Some people complain, and I hear it, oh, I just don't have enough time to spend with my family. Well, you got exactly the same amount of time as everybody else. You're just not managing your time wisely or managing yourself wisely. You know, it's interesting. One of my life groups, we, we went through a whole series of time management. And then uh, as staff, we went through a whole series of time management. And it, it's neat to see what, what the takeaways are uh, from other people. But one of the biggest takeaways through the series that I can share with you is that over the holiday season, you have to say no. You have to say no to the time robbers. You may have to say no to family time robbers. There's always going to be something else to do. There's always going to be somewhere else that you can be. But if you're going to make spending time with your family a priority, you're going to have to learn the power of that little two-letter word that says no. You're going to need to understand that when you say yes to something like family time, then you've already said no to everything else. But many, many dads and moms allow, what do we do? We allow interruptions and other demands distract from our family time. And a, a thousand years from now, nobody's going to, uh, what is going to be more important? I think, you know, spending time with your family or watching some television show. When you think about it, nobody on their deathbed ever said, <clears throat> I wish I spent more time at work. Here's another reason to work on enjoying your friends and family time. Put your priorities straight. Put God number, number one. Put him first. Maybe your, your work has to be a priority, but then you need to make sure that your, your family is that priority. And sometimes your family is priority over work. Why? So that you can say yes to happy moments and happy memories. Christmas doesn't, holidays don't need to be brutal. You know, our kids, what I've learned is that our kids are only with us for a few years and we have to make the most of it. Our life group last night, we were talking about traveling and what we used to do at Christmas time is get all of our kids, I'd rent a van, we'd put them in a van and we'd travel. We did 10, 000, over 10,000 kilometers on a van. It was beautiful. I think it's because of us that they now limit your kilometers. There's no such thing as unlimited. 10, 000, over 10,000 kilometers in uh, less than two weeks. We just drove. We drove to Vic. Victoria, we drove all the way down to LA, we drove all the way back. And, and those are memories. And it's only money. What is your priorities? You know, what are the memories that we have? James writes, he says, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. I'd like you to turn to the person on your right and on your left, and I would like you to look at them in the eyes and say this, please. You don't have very long to live. Go ahead, please. Just let them know you don't have very long to live. Yeah. 
<laughs> Can we make some happy memories of time, people? Are you tracking with me? When you're overloaded by activity, you can only think of yourself where you're in survival mode, just trying to make it through another day. But being available to God uh, for His use makes all the difference in the world. You don't have to live in overload. You don't have to live in survival mode. Begin to build a buffer around your schedule, people. Enjoy the benefits of making profitable use of your time and to see what God does next. That's my encouragement to you today. Sit back. Look at your priorities. Talk with your friends. Talk with your spouses. Talk, talk with your family. What are your priorities for these next three weeks as we're moving in? And what are you going to make your priority to be? What are you going to have to say no to? That's going to mean, it could be offending somebody by saying, I can't make it to your party. I'm, I'm sorry. I just can't. Don't do it on the night before. Give them a heads up. But, you know, if you can't do it, you can't do it. You know, it's easy to see how Christmas, this holiday that's meant to celebrate the greatest good news in history, can become the most busy, stressful, unenjoyable time of the year. And maybe you're here today and you're going, Jerry, I don't even know if I can do this time thing. I just don't have enough time. I'm so busy, busy, busy. Right? Or maybe you're here today, you, you have a bunch of questions about God. Like, you know, that's an interesting sermon. And you got questions about Jesus and the church. Maybe you feel like you're drowning. You're just drowning in life and you just have no idea how to get out. Maybe you're just being reminded that you need a spiritual reset. So again, I want to invite all of you to take out your phone one more time. And everyone, you take out your phone now and I'm going to pray. And if I've triggered something in you, and I hate using that word because everybody's triggered now. That's the new catchphrase. You triggered me. But if I triggered you, all you got to do is text the word soul to that number. And I can guarantee you this. <laughs> I just got a text. Hurry up. We got stuff to do. <laughs> I read my text, Gord. I read my texts. <laughs> but honestly, we have somebody on the other end of that phone. That's our pastoral care person. We will contact you personally. We want to pray with you. We want to answer your questions. We're not going to creepy stalk you. We're simply saying that we care about your spiritual being. We want to help guide you. We want to help guide you in this journey called life, especially during the season, because we know it's difficult. We have our blue Christmas coming up. We know it's difficult. And I'm going to guarantee you that somebody will respond to you in the next 24 hours. God uses other people to, to reach out. He's going to use us to reach out to you in a way that you need to be reached out to in a way that you not understand. So if something has come up and something stirs within you, just text soul to that number while I'm praying. And uh, we are w waiting for God to come and to bring hope and peace. That's the reason of the season. And sometimes we forget that he's already been here. He's already broken into our world. He's already shined a great light. He's already sent the Holy Spirit in order that we, we may be the body of Christ in a world. That we may not just wait for peace and not even just make peace or work for it, but that we may be, be the peace of Christ in our homes, in the church, in the communities, in places of work. Be the peace. Can you do that? Let's bow our heads. Close your eyes with me as I pray. If you need follow-up today, just text soul to the number on the screen. God, 
I think I just keep my prayer very simple today. Help me cling to you during times of business. I recognize that the time I have is a gift, so help me to use my time wisely. And it's my desire to put you first on my calendar and to place your will ahead of mine. So God, just give me the strength to say no. Eliminate the any fear that I may have of offending, but to place you number one priority, my family number two, my work number three, and everything else can find its way in. So give us the strength we need to do to actually take time to enjoy this season of peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Why don't you stand with me in ancient times, the one who blessed extended his hands for a blessing one. Those receiving a blessing did likewise. Here it is. You ready for your blessing? Life is short, soul sanctuary. And so we don't have much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So, be swift to love, make haste to be kind, and may God's blessings, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. So now go and pee in peace and live the church. Okay, I'm going to preach about attitude next week too. Be blessed.